Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Hourglass Cosmetics, Third Love Bras, and Zip Recruiter. I sound like a game show host when I say that. If anyone's hiring for a game show host, give me a call. Maybe that could be the next career, you know? Alec Baldwin's doing it. Frankly, if he's doing it, I can do it. I like that I just put myself in the same category as him. <laughs> just entertainment success level. Get me and Alec Baldwin. Chuck, yep. Ah, God. <laughs> Where's my head out? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really excited for my show. Well, this is going to come out after I already perform in Chicago and Nashville, but I'm leaving in two days for Chicago. Super excited. Um, so the, the only show date I'm going to pitch right now or show dates are... February 20th, Tempe Improv. Get your tickets at rachelbryancomedy.com or at the Tempe Improv. And also March 24th at uh, Laugh Boston in Boston. Those are my out-of-town dates. And then, you know, I'm always around L.A. I think I'm at the Laugh Factory on February 19th, uh, right before I go to Tempe. So, yeah. Okay, super excited about my podcast today. Um, I recorded it like two weeks ago. Um, So my guest is Jen Glantz. She's done my podcast before. She is the bridesmaid for hire. She's super interesting. She also doesn't stay in one place for 30 days. She's just got a cool life and she's super insightful and I just really like her. She's one of my kind of girls, hardworking, never settles, that type of thing. Um, But what's funny is so we recorded the podcast like two weeks ago and I'm obviously releasing it, you know, this week, the week of February 4th. And um, I had to listen to it back. And listening to it back, um, I talk about the guy I was dating at the time. And if you listen to my last podcast last week, I um, I say that I found I found out that the Jew cheated on me, so we're obviously not dating anymore. But I was cracking up listening to the podcast back because, for well, for a few reasons. Number one, we start talking about how you get like a weird feeling around someone or whatever, and I was like, yeah, you know, I can usually know pretty quickly if I. Don't like someone or like someone, but, and then I was like, you know, I think I, I'm a good judge of character. And then I was like, no, maybe I'm not. I think I used to be a better judge of character. That was hilarious to me. Clearly, I'm a terrible judge of character. But then again, like I said on my last intro, I had a gut feeling the whole time that made me uncomfortable. And what's even funnier is later in this podcast, I say, I give an example. Well, first of all, I say like, oh, he's like so pleasant to be around. I brag about him a little, you know, I drop a little humble brag. I was like, he's just so positive all the time. Well, maybe because <laughs> maybe because he's getting laid a lot. I don't know. I guess I'd be pretty positive, too. Uh, or not. Uh, yeah. But how do you but how do you stay that positive and live a double life? Like, how do you look someone in the eye when you're like, it's so weird to me. I could never do it. I just the, the cheating things not in my bones. Um, and like, be like, I love you and you should convert for me. Like, thank God I didn't go to Jew school for a year only to find out that I was dating a, you know, a asshole anyways. But then, so then later in the podcast, so yeah, I say like, oh, he's like so pleasant to be around. And then I give an example. I don't say it's related to him, but it was, um, because I did, cause I didn't want to talk bad about him, you know? So I was like, well, someone I dated at one point, um, I said like, I couldn't let, an argument go that's what I'm saying in the podcast and uh and then it's in this argument by the way and this was with the glass guy I was dating was about him some girl reached out to me on Instagram after I posted a photo of us and now I sound really stupid after saying all this that I didn't break up with him sooner I posted a photo of us some girl reached out to me on Instagram and was like hey I thought you should know uh you know the type of person you're dating he uh, texted me the other day. He said he didn't have a girlfriend. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, and uh, I confronted him about it. And he basically, you know, did the thing guys do. We're like, she's crazy. I'm like, whatever. I guess you get one pass. And he, he had a whole laundry list. And the texts really weren't that bad. But whatever. That happened very early on in us dating. And I, uh, it, but. It could, I couldn't let it go. I didn't bring it up all the time, but it, it nagged at me and I just never really trusted him. And then like four months into his dating, I said, you know, I'm still struggling with trusting you. And he was like, Hey, you know what? At this point, if you don't trust me, it's really not fair to me. And when I'm on the podcast with Jed, I'm like, you know what? And then that's when I realized this was a me problem. That's what I said, because that's what I thought at the time. I was like, 
this is a me problem, you know? This is me wanting to torture myself. This is me, you know, doing something wrong. I'm I'm creating problems here in this relationship. I feel so stupid. Dang it. Ugh. Moral of the story, listen to your gut, man. I really should have just listened to my gut. I was right. At least I know I'm right. That's 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 a win. So next time, rip the band-aid off sooner. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking about this on my podcast. He, it, two, two intros have been dedicated to this, so this will be the last one, uh, unless I have something else really insightful or interesting to say about it. Um, but yeah, okay. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. Uh, what else do I want to say? Anything else? I feel like I had something else I wanted to like promote or talk about. Um, I do. Oh, I did start a Patreon, guys. If you, uh, you know, go over there, check it out. Feel free to subscribe to either tier. There's a tier for um, a Google Hangout where, you know, because I get a lot of messages asking for advice and things and wanting to talk about relationships and stuff. And so I thought it would be nice if, um, you know, I had a Google Hangout where we just, you guys can ask me anything. We talk about it. And, uh, you know, at this point, I really shouldn't be giving advice based on, you know, what just happened. But I'll do my best. (laughs) Uh, anyways, I'm super excited about my guest today. She's amazing. She's really just, she's an inspiration for all women. I really, really love her. And, uh, yeah, she has her own podcast you should listen to. It's called, um, You're Not Getting Any Younger. I was just a guest on that too. And without further ado, give it up for Jen Glantz. Jen Glantz, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's very fun to see you. I haven't seen you since New York. I cannot believe that. It feels like it's a lifetime. Well, but you, you just got back to LA. How long ago? Two weeks ago. Oh, not that long. No. How long are you staying this time? Till the middle of March, but I wish forever. I mean, you come here and you realize this is the place where you should be living life. New York has then nothing Then why are you leaving? <sighs> I don't know. I don't have a reason. I think I just always like to be on the go. I can't settle anywhere. Okay. That is on my list of questions to ask you. But before we do that, I need you to explain what, um, what you saw when you... The first thing you said to me was alarming when you entered my apartment. And <laughs> what you saw outside before you entered. Yeah. Okay. So I'm waiting for Rachel to come to the gate. And all of a sudden, there's this tour guide who stops right in front of her building with a group of people, points to the left and goes, this is the scene of the most gruesome murder to ever happen in Los Angeles. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And then when I see you, I'm like, do you know about this? And where did this happen? And what's going on? So I did not technically no although my friend Alex um who's also friends with Stassi she's done her podcast in case my listeners know that um her so she mentioned it to me like maybe a couple months ago but she didn't really know the story behind it I guess her boyfriend had just said like oh some really famous murder happened on the street so she mentioned it to me for whatever reason I didn't bother googling it but you and I googled it right when you sat down and it's it almost sounds like the Black Dahlia murder. It's gruesome. It's worse than it's I really even sad. Imagine. I want to honor the poor girl yes. that was m- murdered. I'm I'm not trying to like diminish it or whatever, but it so rest in peace. It's a horrible thing that horrible. happened to her. But it's it truly is one of the most gruesome murder. I mean, did you say her blood was drained out of it her body? It said that her blood was drained out of her body. Her skull was in like pieces. Like it's just an insane story. And the fact that it happened right next to where you live and they have tours about it. I was like, Rachel, where am I? And is it safe to be here right now? <laughs> like, I'm nervous. Safe. Look how safe my apartment it, is. It is very safe inside of here. But, you know, I, I kind of believe in like ghosts and stuff. So now I, I just feel haunted. And then I tried to Google it on my phone and Google wouldn't work. And it was just I'm feeling a little weird. I know you said you could Google everything else but everything. that article. I Googled cheese. It came up. I Googled shoes. It came up. And then I Googled the Holloway Drive murder. Very basic. I googled right. cheese and shoes right because those are essential and then I google the murder and google just like freezes that's so crazy I wonder if I, well okay so it's not in my building so technically my building's not haunted but I wonder if like an area can kind of be haunted you, you have you ever been to here's a good example a town or a place where you just feel like like it's eerie or something bad happened there yes. or yes so I was, uh, I guess this is one of, I guess this is a ghost experience too. I've had several of them, but okay. So I did one of those, uh, USO military tours and we went to shape NATO base in, uh, Belgium. I don't remember the town, but it is the town where all those terrorists after the, um, theater, um, incident where they were hiding out, whatever that town is, that's 
the town nearest to where this is. So anyways, we're on this base and I, and I just felt like Belgium was eerie in general for some reason when I got there and, uh, we're on this base and for some reason I just felt like it was really depressing. It was, we were on this tour for like a month. It was the only, it was the greatest experience of my life, but it was the only time where I felt like really sad and it was just something was bad. And all night I would hear people walking down the hallway and now I'm realizing now no one was walking down the hallway. It was, it, it was like, like, like a, a tapping. Yeah. Like boots on, on like a wooden floor or a linoleum floor. And so that was the first night we stayed there. And then we uh, met with like the general or whatever that was showing us around. And we asked him, we were like, so like, uh, you know, history on this place. He's like, well, it was the place where the last battle or, and the last person killed. And I don't know if it was world war one or two, one of them <laughs> uh, happened. And I, and then I was like, well, is it haunted? He's like, oh my God, it's haunted as hell. Like it's crazy haunted. What? But I knew right when I got there, I was like, I, I don't like the feeling of this place. Something's wrong. I'm the same exact way. I feel that kind of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. you just feel it in your soul. How did you sleep at night? I it was only two nights, but I, I was really scared the whole time. I did. I, I was scared before I knew that I just didn't like it. And I didn't, no offense to Belgium. I'm sure it's a great place, but I think it was a bad experience overall because I was also there like right around the time of the Brussels airport yeah. and, and the and the train from uh, Brussels to Paris, which I also took that train. Like, everything was just sort of like, it was a bad, it was a bad time for the country. Right. Did you, know? you see any ghosts when you were there? No. Have you ever seen a ghost? I've never seen one, but I have had f- major ghost experiences. I, yeah. I feel like maybe I've seen... Have you seen, seen one? Yeah, and it happened to me the other day, actually. I turned, oh, really? I was in New Orleans, which is which is known to be haunted. Totally. And That's in, an eerie place in a beyond, very cool way. Beyond, yeah. and I'm in my hotel room, and it's like this old school hotel room, and I turn around really fast, and I see like this this like shadowy image in the bathroom, and then I turn around, and it's not there anymore. And I don't know if maybe I was tired or something. It was a ghost. It's New Orleans. I know, but I want to know who, who it is, if I know them. Well, did you look it up? Like, no. The history of the hotel? No, I, I should have. We're pausing it and looking it up. Okay. Well, we couldn't find anything on it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a ghost. Right. You know what? Maybe it was like the first ghost of the hotel. There you go. Maybe it's like moving It came out for you. It, wa- it was in hibernation for like 200 years, and it was like, you know what? Jen's here. I'm going to wake her up. <laughs> it was creepy, though. And like, I just, I can't even explain to you what I saw, but it was like this blob of a shadow. And then it wasn't there when I looked back. It was so weird it was so weird I can't imagine that you made it up you know what I mean like I don't think so because I wasn't super tired I wasn't like in like a weird mood I was just like looking to the left yeah you saw something for sure yes and I'm a true believer in ghosts I feel like they come out to play and especially in a city like New Orleans like hello well well, you have to think about it like where does energy go it it doesn't it because well I've, I've been researching a lot of this stuff and kind of learning about it, especially uh, I've mentioned a few times in my podcast that I did some extensive working on myself this summer. Um, and one of the, oh, actually, this is so cool. The guy, my favorite person that I did this therapy with is doing my podcast like next week. He's yes. a hypnotist, crazy. Uh, and so smart. And yeah, he's a psychologist and a hypnotist and whatever. Anyways, a lot of the stuff I learned is that we're obviously just made up of a bunch of matter and energy and things like that. So when you think about it, like when you, when the human body actually stops, where does all that energy go? That wouldn't necessarily stop. No. You're, you're essentially sort of separate from that sort of thing. So it has to go somewhere. Where, so where does it go? I wish I could see, like, I wish that you could like kind of see that other realm. I, I, I truly believe in energy, but do you feel like when you meet a new person, you can tell right away what their energy is? Like, do you feel like you meet a person you're like good person, not so good person? I used to, yes, I, I can tell energy right away, but I used to think I was a better judge of character. I'm not sure that I am anymore. Okay. I still think I'm pretty decent at it. I really do. And I, and I'm like 90% right, but I feel like I could read a person's energy and be like, oh, you're a good person. Yeah. And then like, I'll see someone else and I'll be like, oh, you have like a very nervous energy or you have like a very mean energy. Like Mm -hmm. I feel that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess I do too. I think for me, what's happened though is people will 
prove me wrong over time. And yes. then that makes me think like, oh, maybe I was a really bad judge of character the whole time. Like maybe I'm just not that good at it. Like I, I thought feel like I was. it's first impression energy only that matters. Cause like you can become yeah. someone's friend and then like God knows what happens. But like, I feel like that first impression energy, not mm-hmm. everyone feels it. Mm-hmm. Some people look at people and are like, everyone's good. I'm like, no, I could see in this group of people, I can read your energy and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I know what you're about. Yeah. I, I really believe that's like, yeah, I can, about. I can read people's intentions. I think pretty easily where it's like, yeah if they lead with like victim mentality I feel like they're wanting something there's just I don't know there's there's cues oh for sure and body language too you can know everything about what a person wants from you from body language like totally. all that kind of stuff is insane totally okay so now back to the question I did want to ask yes. you yes and I think you talked about this on my podcast the first time but you basically don't stay in one place for too long. No, I have no home. I have not had a permanent mailing address since August 2017. Now, why do you intentionally do this? Why, why is it that you think you do this? I never really tell the truth about this, so I'm going to tell the truth about it. People always think it's for some like romantic idea of like traveling the world and seeing mm-hmm. things. But honestly, like in, in um, 2016, I had like a very crazy life moment happen where a lot of stuff happened and it sort of like tossed what I thought was true on the ground and, you know, sort of destroyed my life. And ever since then, and I lost so much during that that life crisis. I lost my childhood home. I lost things with my family. I lost like a lot of stuff. And then after I lost everything, I was sort of like going into this mindset of, well, then you should lose everything you have that's stable. Because if the world can suddenly take it away Uh from you, why don't you give it up before it could go? So I know it sounds like odd. No, that's actually very fascinating and really cool that you're able to acknowledge that and look look into it like that. Because that's probably exactly what it is. It's almost like, well, I'll break up with you before you break up with me. Or I don't like you first. Or you know what I mean? It was almost like running away from getting hurt again. Mm -hmm. Because I I had lost every, a lot of what I had in life very suddenly. And then like the other stuff I had, like an apartment in New York and all this stuff, I was like, well, this is all stuff. And I get so attached to stuff and I don't want my heart broken again. So I know this is crazy, but what if I sell everything I own and then live in a new city every month? Like then nobody can hurt me, right? Yeah, that is, that is classic. You're (laughs) running away from something there you go I mean it's a little bit of self-harm but also like can you get comfortable with everything being taken away from you so that in the future if that happens you're good is it self-harm or are you sort of living simply and and you're more into like life experience I've always been a person who wants like a really high tolerance for problems in life so like I want to like work my way up to like being so strong so sometimes I'll like do things like that to take things away from me or to like put myself in uncomfortable situations so Mm -hmm. that nothing bothers me so yeah, it's living simply. Like I have cut back on buying things. I live out of a suitcase. I've cut back on caring about the quality of places I live. Like I've lived in places with like blood stained sheets and rats and really gross stuff. And now my tolerance is so high. I'm like, cool. It has a bed, you know? And like, oh, the shower has no hot water and it's 20 degrees out. Awesome. Why would you, I mean, I get, I, I, I definitely get it, but it's almost like you're preparing. It's, it's almost like you're manifesting something bad to happen, though, because it's like you're you're training yourself to handle something horrible. I feel like I'm so, a Navy SEAL. But, but you're doing it for no reason, really. I feel like I'm doing it because I'm so scarred from yeah. like, the bad things that happen mm-hmm. that I'm like, let's just keep training for the worst. Like, no, but I feel like that. But the, the thing is, you could be almost like perpetuating or manifesting it it's like you it's like you're expecting something bad to happen to you that's what's kind of well for sure and I think what I've learned and everyone learns this is like your entire life can change in a second Mm -hmm. so a part of me with this experiment is like breaking myself down from all of the things I used to care so much about that were so dumb like I used to only want to live in a brand new clean place like I Mm -hmm. cared so much about being neat and organized I cared so much about my routine I care like a lot about being neat and organized but your place is immaculate like I would love to live here because I like to clean (laughs) but like and I cared so much about walking the same five blocks every day and eating the same food in New York and living that life but I'm a firm believer that you have to shake things up in Mm -hmm. your own world and I've always been like that but I think of course after my like life trauma I've gone like at added at like a thousand percent faster Mm -hmm. than usual I think it's very cool I wish I wish I could be that brave to do something like that like I 
I like to shake things up. I don't like to be in the same city for too long in the sense of like, I, I think I probably chose comedy half the reason so I could travel all the time. Like I like meeting new people and doing that kind of thing, but I don't think I'm brave enough to do what you to like you you're living so uncomfortably, but it's really, it is really cool. I think it has its good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I think you are brave enough. I just don't think you would know until you've boxed everything up, have sold you met, it, and left. Have you met my parents? They'd think I was insane. Well, hello, Leo Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, would, like, they would be very worried about me. My Sa- parents safety's are. a big issue. They are worried about you? My mom every day is like, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? And, you know, it's been a year and a half, and I don't really have an answer for that. But every Does she acknowledge that it has something to do with the, Absolutely the, the trauma? Absolutely I, I, I think she's just like... <laughs> I feel like she thinks I'm rebelling against her idea of getting married, having kids, and living in Boynton Beach, Florida. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that she's taking it more personal than anything, (laughs) when really it's just a mixture of me running away and then also me really freaking out about the idea of settling down and having kids and moving to Boynton Beach, Florida, you know, Um, because that's what people do at my age. By 30 years old, people in society work so hard for security and stability and all these other S words, and I'm like running away from them. Is it So it's not something that you want? I do, but it also terrifies me to stop. It terrifies me. The word mortgage freaks me out. And this is what I talk to my therapist about. I'm like, what is wrong with me that the idea of having a home is something I can't even fathom? What does she say? She's like, a lot is wrong with you. Pay me more Uh, money. (laughs) No, she doesn't say that. (laughs) She's like, the next week on Jen is messed up. I'm more, I'm more stuck on not necessarily the, that you can't, the word mortgage bothers you, but that like you're afraid to stop. I'm so afraid to stop. Is it because you're afraid to feel the feelings? Definitely, but then also afraid. And I said this to my therapist, and I thought, I think I offended her. I was like, I think I'm afraid to be boring. I think I'm afraid to be bored. I know. I think that that's a very real thing. I was just talking about it on my last podcast, and and I, and the reason why I was is because I was reading that book, um, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mm. And he said in there, pe- people are so afraid of being average. Yeah. And I did relate to that a lot. And he said, I think he, I haven't read enough into it, but I think he's saying it's a negative thing where it's like, he's like, most of life is very average. Most of life is mundane. And, but we live in the moments in, in between the, you know, the highs and the lows. And he said, he thinks that some people are, or most people are so afraid of being average. They either think they're going to be something spectacular. Like, you know, I, obviously I'm chasing this entertainment industry dream or, they're too afraid to do something like that. So then they live in a place where they're just like kind of depressing, awful people. And not that I'm saying you're that. Uh, they they almost are more comfortable with like that. It, it They're just not wanting to be normal sure. or base level. But this has been my fear since I was four. I have always thought to myself, and this is going to make me sound horrible, but I've always thought to myself that I was meant to live a big life. Yeah. I've always felt that I don't think that, that makes you sound awful I've, I've always thought that about myself yeah I've and it's never, never it's never been a question it's never no. been like a like I think that's why I can pursue being a comedian and an actor and a writer and whatever whatever in the entertainment industry is there's never been a doubt in my mind that it's not going to happen thank you and it's not even that it's also like I have just always told myself this is what you're meant for in life since mm-hmm. I was a kid. But I think to be in a creative industry, you have to believe it's going to happen because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen fast. Yeah. So you have to believe it's totally. meant for you. Mm-hmm. But like, I just have never lived been average. I've never been the average person. I've mm-hmm. always been a little odd. I've always done weird things. I've always put myself in crazy situations. Like mm-hmm. I just feel I was meant for a big life, which is a blessing and a curse because then you're just never satisfied. Like I'm always chasing mm-hmm. something the idea of stopping scares me, you know? If you're like us and you want to stand out and you don't want to be average, then Hourglass Cosmetics is the makeup line for you. They literally define luxury. Everything comes in chic, beautiful packaging. Their makeup lasts all day. And my favorite product, their Hourglass Caution Extreme Lash Mascara is groundbreaking. I actually had had a lash lift before. This is a lash lift in a bottle, but actually way better. I'm officially committed to Caution Mascara. It's amazing. Their advanced formula is completely vegan and it never flakes, even after wearing it all day. The tapered brush delivers endless length, intense volume and lift, and it helps me get those hard to reach areas like the inner corner and the lower lash line. I mean, the first time I tried Caution Mascara, I was like, I need to go out today and do, I need to meet people. I need to go on dates. I don't know. 
It's amazing. It's a game changer, and I want you guys to try it. It's no wonder Allure magazine called Caution, like I said, a lash lift in a tube. And I have an offer for my listeners. Discover Hourglass like I did and experience unparalleled next-generation performance by visiting hourglasscosmetics.com slash be here and use promo code be here to get free shipping with your purchase of a full-sized caution mascara that's hourglasscosmetics.com slash be here and use promo code be here guys you got to do it i now so now when you put it in that perspective i actually don't think it's that weird because i get it when you when you take it out of the context of just like moving all the time so when it's just when you just put in the context of like it's a mindset i relate to that so much and i think a lot of people do I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast and he was talking to eh, I forget maybe I forget one of his guests he's only had a few because it's new and they were both discussing the fact that right after they get something great or accomplish something great it's immediate it's like okay that was so awesome but the, it changes so quickly to okay what's next what can yeah. I do more what can I do and I know I have that mentality oh for sure the the most depressing moments of my life have sometimes been when I got what I worked so hard for really explain oh that oh my god when both of my books came out I remember feeling so alone so depressed and awful because I had felt like I climbed climb climb made it and then was like catapulted back down to the start because you like the journey more than the destination yeah you know I think as cliche as that is maybe because and I've spoken to a lot of other famous famous authors about this and they said you're absolutely right because mm-hmm. you know writing a book doing everything you do it's a lot of hard work by yourself with mm-hmm. the what ifs and then that there's day, no one telling you hey you did a good job it's no. time to stop today I actually talked to this on my last podcast right. but like yeah it's like right it's all self-motivation it's all so but you it's can also, technically work 24 hours a day for sure but it's also all project Mm-hmm. you know so then like you win that project and then guess what you go right back down the mountain to the mm-hmm. very bottom and that is a scary feeling and mm-hmm. if you are somebody who's trying to become somebody it sucks going back to the nobody part again do you do you think it would be um mentally healthy for both of us or for anyone that that feels this way just to be like you know what I accept that I will never feel like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish and just accept it I like that in a sense of I need to accept that I will never ever feel that 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 feeling like of, okay I'm done I will never I will die thinking I did not do everything I was meant to do yes I, yeah I'm the same way but not in the sense of let me give up yeah you know like I will never feel like I accomplished anything and when people tell me like look at everything you've done I'm like but look at what I haven't done that's mm-hmm. my response right and it's a sick mentality but I think, yeah, we should accept we'll never be okay with what we've done. Yeah. We always want more. Like, just accept that it's going to be a cycle, and that's okay. Correct. But is that the best way to live life? I don't know. I think accepting what it is is a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're not going to change who you are. This is who you are. You're not going to be someone that's just like, all right, I'd like to go to a nine-to-five and come home and, and whatever. If you're not going to be that, you might as well accept who you are. It's true. And ride with it. It's true. And like, this is just how I've always been. I've always known I wanted to be famous. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you said that before the podcast. And I said, that is embarrassing. No, it's not embarrassing. I actually appreciate that you're willing to admit it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I won most likely to be famous in high school. Mm -hmm. And it was like, great. I'm glad everyone is on board with this. You know, like I've just always known that I wanted to be somebody well known. And you know, it's like, well, why? Okay, when you say well-known, that's different than famous. I want to be famous. I want a really? Hollywood star. I don't know. Well, I what. want that. I want that too. But I see, I'm equating two different things though. Because when you said that, I was like, I think that's a really brave thing to actually admit because no one actually admits it. Yeah. But I said, I said back, I was like, I've never wanted to be famous. I just want to do what I'm doing and do something noteworthy. But that's the same thing. Exactly. It's the same thing. But you're saying it in a much nicer way. Well, maybe I'm lying to myself. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm talking about like the type of fame where like when I when I hear people say I want to be famous I think of someone who good or bad will do anything for it they don't care what their reputation is yeah I don't want to be famous for famous sake I would like to be well known and respected and awarded my Oscar that I want uh, for uh that I will get for uh things that I believe to be respectful like that's why I would never actually be good on reality tv that's sure. why i'm not a star of vanderbilt rules like there's no sure. way and and my f- my friends aren't like doing anything that's not out of their comfort zone but for me that's out of my comfort zone yeah like i i'm not i can't i can't do it 
I mean, I feel like I, I'm the same way as you, but I have tried out for like 10 reality shows and <laughs> I, I don't think I got on because in my blood, no, I wouldn't do half of those things, yeah. you know, like never. And I, I want to be famous for exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. I would never change myself, but I think the road to fame is just something that you do question. What would you do? Mm-hmm. You do. There's a lot I wouldn't do. And I do know that. Me too. And there's I don't think I'd lot. ever compromise on that. Yeah. There's a ever. lot I would not do. Ever. I only want to be successful or famous or whatever for what it is that I believe is, you know, respectful or whatever. I'm on that page. Yeah. Totally. So you were, before the podcast, we were talking to about like, you know, you, for example, wrote two books and they, they came out and you were the most depressed in those moments. So you're obviously someone that feels those kinds of emotions. And then you were telling me you're dating someone who is always happy. Always. He, I love you, Adam. He wakes (laughs) up in the morning. Do you think he's actually going to listen to this? I mean, you never know. Yeah. He wakes up in the morning and he's like, today is the best day ever. And I, does he say that out loud? Yeah. I want to be him. Me too. What would that feel like? I don't know. But not only does he say it, he believes it. He like really believe, and like this is the thing. He's like an angel. It's the best way to live life. Imagine if you thought every day was gonna be good and you made it good for yourself. Like, what a way to really get the most out of life. I d- I don't know. There was a time I only I went through a lull um, over the last I don't know like nine months maybe, and I think I'm out of it. But there was a long time where I did think like hell yeah, like I loved. This sounds weird. I loved Mondays. Really? I did not like weekends because I didn't like that it was a time where I was supposed to not be working or supposed to relax. Got and everyone that. was like, so I was always really excited for Mondays where I'm just like, now I get to get back to doing what I'm doing yes. or, you know, I don't have to pretend like I'm relaxing because I don't know how to relax. It's not in Same. my nature. Um, and so I kind of was that kind of person, but not to that degree of like, no. today's the best day. I mean, he means it like. He never gets upset. And then it's hard because I am the polar opposite side of that spectrum. Like I have every emotion in the book times Mm -hmm. a million. What do you wake up and feel every morning or most mornings? Let's do this. You know, like go slow, get what you can do done, you know, just get through it. Go, go, go. I think that's actually a very healthy way to be. Yeah. Because it actually sounds like you're being forgiving of yourself a little bit. Like get, get the most, get the most done that you can. Like, it's not like, at least you don't wake up like, oh, I'm a loser. I'm never going to accomplish anything. It's like, you're just like, Hey, today is probably going to have some challenges. And frankly, I think the way you phrased it is pretty healthy. Thank you. I mean, I'm actually trying to think, but like, I do think there are perks of dating somebody who is, extremely happy especially Mm -hmm. when you're not naturally like that because you know even today I woke up I was so upset just in a really bad mood if it was up to me I'd be in bed just hanging out and does that not make you depressed the bed part hanging out yeah like being in bed all day yeah there's been some days though where like that's to me is an accomplishment you know and like that sounds sad but like I think it's the truth honest but I think we should talk about mental health more honestly I agree and like people should also like let themselves have a day when they just really can't get out of bed Mm -hmm. without it being like a thing like you should be able to do that without people judging you and I feel judged I feel I judge myself I do too but I I honestly don't know that I've ever done it that's an honest answer give it a try that's how crazy I am just give it one I I don't I'm almost 100% sure I've never done it unless I was sick and I probably still did something like, well, I mean, when I'm in bed, I'm doing work and, you know, Oh well, there you go. I'm not like sitting there, like, you know, looking at the ceiling, but it's still, I'm thinking like in bed watching TV or something, I guess. Well, my productivity level is up going, going, going. So when I'm in bed doing work, that's like my rock bottom. I'm not, not I don't have a rock bottom of like sitting in bed watching TV all day. I'm like you, I could never do that. It would, it would cause me to be depressed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean the only time, which is probably a mental health issue that I can't relax. Same, but I don't think anyone talks about this. Like Mm -hmm. even people who do just lay in bed and watch TV all day, that's okay. You know, no, you're allowed fine, to yeah. feel like absolutely. I think shit. that's normal to have days like that. Right. I wish I could. We should try it. So, well, I didn't mean to like take you off track. So like you in the morning, like you feel like a lot of times you could do that. I feel like if he was not around, I might 
be more sad about things. Mm -hmm. I think when you're with somebody and I I think, look, like you're allowed to feel what you want to feel. And there's sometimes Mm -hmm. like I came home last night from the airport. I was tired. I was really sad. I looked at him and said, I want to be sad right now. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to bother making me happy. I just want to be moping around sad. But then this morning he worked overtime to make me laugh. And there is something nice about laughing Mm -hmm. in general obviously you know this (laughs) should I tell you more but there's something powerful about laughing and how it really changes the chemicals in your brain Mm -hmm. and he got me to laugh for five minutes and I became a completely different person where I was able to be like look here's why I'm sad today you know and then I made the choice to change my mood for the day Mm -hmm. he didn't do that but he definitely got me to think about it Mm -hmm. so it's nice so it's nice to be around someone like that it doesn't ever uh like irritate you where like it does (laughs) for sure I mean a lot of our fights over the past three years have been you have no emotion and then he says well you have way too emotion Mm -hmm. too much emotion so a lot of it is wondering like are we the best match for each other the emotional Mm -hmm. roller coaster and the happy person Mm -hmm. I mean it makes for a good sitcom but there's a lot of talk about that right there's just a lot of talk about that because the happy person wants to be happy and a huge part of me wants to wake up every morning and say this is the best day ever but my life circumstances I can't do that all the Mm -hmm. time you know so I think it's an interesting conversation but sometimes it is really hard dating a person who is very very emotionally different than you Mm -hmm. but then I think about it could I date somebody just like me and I have I would think that would be not a good idea for like I think that it would send you yeah into a darker place do you think he would be that happy still if he was throwing a curveball in life because you said he's had a pretty blessed upbringing he's had things happen but Mm -hmm. I think in general he deals with things way better Mm -hmm. so I think his emotion is either happy or let's not even talk about it no emotion I mean, that's not super healthy. I think both ends of us are not. Like, I think I don't always handle it the best. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't always handle it the best. Yeah. But I do think if somebody's handling it the better of the two of us, it's the person who's happy. Yeah. He's genuinely happy. And it's genuine. It's not like self-talk. You know, people that are like, you can tell they're talking themselves into being happy yes. or being positive, And it's like probably just feel the emotion because i think that it's it's, yeah he's just genuine yeah i mean he'll look at the wall and be like rachel there is such beauty like and that he won't say that but he'll like really admire the little things about life and be so happy that they exist that's exactly how the guy i'm dating is yeah and i'm just like very much that's a beautiful that's a beautiful way to live but it's yeah because i'm like i would never have noticed that you know and like i'm always in my head thinking of what's next what's next what's next i I would look at that and be like hmm what else can i do with my life like i just i'm like i'm like i don't i was on vacation with the guy i was dating um over new year's and i i was showing him portland and uh I couldn't think of anything else to do or show him. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, are you bored? Like, uh, and he was like, no, I'm happy. Like, this is, he's like, he's like, uh, and I'm like, well, what should we do next? He's like, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing right now. I'm like, God, is it what your brain thinks? Like, I know. What's that like? I wish that they could like print out both of your brains and like, look at them. You yeah. Know? Like what? Yeah. Where did I go wrong? I just think that we're that kind of person, but I do think it's good to be with someone maybe who's not like that. Yeah. I think it, I think that, that the guy who you met that I was dating before, Christian, great guy. He did my podcast a few times. Great guy. We're still friends. But he was more like me where his brain didn't shut off and yeah. it made me think more and it was probably not healthy for me no. because it was like, and then I would, I'm like kind of an empath, I think. I don't know. And then I would feed off of his emotions and then it would, and I'm then, the same way. yeah, I couldn't be happy when he wasn't happy. That's yes. also called codependent. <laughs> I completely agree. And like, I think to myself, what would life be like if you spent the rest of your life with a person who woke up every day and said, today's the best day ever? And then I think That'd about be it. like a great life, I think. I would think, you know what? That's a pretty good life. That's a great life. That's a pretty good life. That's I know. way better than being with someone that's like, like me. Unha- <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not unhappy, but I, I think do you're overthink. Very pleasant. Thank you. I, I think I overthink. And I think, you know, it's sometimes it's nice Creative to have someone. people do. Right. But it's nice to have someone be like, stop. Let's go like skip through the clouds, clouds today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sort of nice to have someone who's like, life really is rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll believe that today. Yeah. You know? It's very grounding. I think, I think it's definitely helpful. 
I used to hate wearing bras because I found them to be so uncomfortable. And trust me, I'm a person that needs to wear a bra. That was until I discovered Third Love. Because Third Love is using millions of real women's measurements. That's so important. And Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. The breast shape part is so important and I never realized that which is probably why I was always wearing ill-fitting bras so you take this really fun quiz online that takes less than a minute to complete you you identify your breast shape and you give them some more information they figure out your size and then they match you with styles that fit your body and this part's crazy 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes so third love invented half cup sizing Again, this is probably why many of us were wearing ill-fitting bras. You guys have to try Third Love. It really takes your outfits to the next level when you have a good-fitting bra. And they're so comfortable. They have tagless labels, so there's no itching, straps that won't slip, ultra-soft, smoothing fabrics, and lightweight, super-thin memory foam cups. And bonus, their underwear are super cute and super sexy. You guys really... This is a game changer. You have to try Third Love. And I have an offer for my listeners. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com slash be here now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash be here for 15% off today. But do you think that um, the type of careers we have, which are entrepreneurial and creative or whatever, they attract minds like ours. Do you think that someone who's constantly happy could do what we do for a living? That's interesting. I think for what we do and creatives, you need emotion. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I write my best when I'm heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say about love. It could just mean like my feeling of the day. Mm-hmm. And I just, I need, I need to know that emotion so that I can put that into my stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing fiction. And to write fiction, like you sort of have to have felt those things before. Mm-hmm. And you know that when you write, like I'm sure it's coming from emotion. It's coming mm-hmm. from something. And I think if you don't have that, It makes it hard. Totally. It makes it really hard. And I think all creativity stems from needing a break from our own reality, but channeling those things we don't want to talk about into our work. Yeah. Yeah. Like the script I'm writing um, with Greg, who produces, not produces, sorry, does the sound for my podcast. I think it's, we were talking about it earlier today. Uh, We're like, this is the easiest script we've ever written, or this is the easiest script I've ever written because it's stuff I've already felt. It's like, yeah. it's something that happened to me. And it's like, I'm like this, it's basically writing itself. And if right. I had, I not felt those emotions or, you know, then I would not be able to write it. I know I'm, I'm writing a fiction book now and it's loosely based on my life too. But for her to have real emotions in the book, mm-hmm. they have to come from me, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's not to say I make my life hell on purpose. But I was just going to say, do you think you put yourself in situations to no. experience so you have more emotion or? I've never felt like I've had to do that. I just feel like I'm also, I also feed off of feelings. Mm-hmm. So like, I really do feel like if someone's going through a hard time, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm just very in touch with my emotions. And I think a part of me is happy that I have them. I'm mm-hmm. happy that I feel so many things in two minutes, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and I think that's just creativity. Yeah. I, I'm, I feel like I'm, uh, I guess it's empath, like I said, to yeah. a degree where, like one of my friends, uh, her, her brother passed away. It's almost been a year now. And I feel like most people around us forgot about it pretty quickly. I still can't be in a room and I, and I hope that, you know, it's not like pity at all. It's, but I still can't be in a room with her or her family and not, it's the only thing I think about. Right. And it's, and, and I, I feel it to such a degree where like I sometimes I, I can't even enjoy myself. Like yeah. I will enjoy myself, but it's all I think about is, how is she smiling right now? How is she doing this? Like this is she and she's super strong. But I think most people that or yeah, most people we know probably don't even really think about it anymore. It's literally all I think about. But when I'm around her, but she probably hates that. I mean, she doesn't know that I think that, but But you know, yeah, I mean, my therapist is I always say I'm an empath. She's like, you really can't predict how people are feeling and then mm-hmm. take that on oh no it's super you unhealthy. know but like that's how I am it's I, actually that that's what codependent is though I I think that I mean like I I just will feel so bad for you mm-hmm. that like I don't even know what to do yeah and I'll cry because I'm just thinking of how bad it must feel to have gone through that situation mm-hmm. 
And that's like both a blessing and a curse, but it, it's a lot. I, I, I definitely take on a lot of other people's emotions. Oh yeah. I, it's a, it's a real problem. It always has been for me. Me too. Me too. It's been a lot of the pattern in like the dating that I've done. Like the guy that I'm dating now is probably, I guess maybe the most mentally healthy that I've ever dated. Not that anyone's hasn't been mentally healthy, but, but I've always dated people where I sort of wanted to save them or help them right. or I don't know, like, I, I don't think I've ever dated someone if up until recently that was just like, I have a job, I have my shit together, I'm happy, I'm whatever. It's, everyone has always had quite a bit of problems. I was the exact same way, but there is something nice about dating a person who you don't have to take care of. And oh, you yeah. you don't have to predict what's going to fall apart, you know? Mm-hmm. But you never know with relationships. Like It's hard to break that pattern, though. I bring a lot of my bad habits into this relationship from past ones. Mm -hmm. And it took me a very long time to drop them because I was used to taking care of the person with no job, no career, always Mm -hmm. an issue. Right. And drama constantly. Like Mm -hmm. I thought relationships were supposed to be drama. It's weird when they're not though. You're just, then you sort of like search for something wrong. Well, that's what a lot of our first fights were. We're like, Oh, he didn't call me. You didn't call me. Well, I wasn't, didn't know I was supposed to. Yeah. And I would start shit over like, you crossed the street before me because that's what I thought a relationship was. Mm -hmm. And it took, it's still something that I have to struggle with because I'm like in the past, I got away with it. That was love. And now it's like a, a bad thing. Do you guys not really fight very often? If it was up to him, we would never fight, but I'm the cause of every fight. And a lot of it is just because I just can't handle my emotions or I just tell myself like uh, something that's not reality, you know, or just like, but, but when you say that, that also seems unfair to me that you think everything's your fault though a little bit. Cause that, that, that can't be true. I feel like It, it, it can't be just because he's the happy one and the positive one that automatically if you're in an argument it has to be your fault I he doesn't make you feel that way no 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 I think you do the, it to yourself the, like the little little fights are caused by me the greater issues are equal right mm-hmm. but like the stupid stuff where he'll be like I'm going out with my friends tonight like you want to come and I take that as you don't want me to come so no I'm not gonna come and yeah. then he leaves and I'm like how dare you leave like Jen that's all on you yeah uh-huh. okay but then like that, to me that's like a whole situation that's me but then of course the things where it's a disagreement like we should do this no I want this then that's totally 50 50 mm-hmm. I'm also I think I'm very self-aware so if I'm wrong I will come I will say I'm wrong I'm yeah. totally okay with that yeah I, I do I, come I'm to my more. senses yeah you know do you think when you cause uh fights like that or or you think that in your head do you think that you are actively sort of like self self-sabotaging I really, I, I would say no, but again, I think it's just bad behavior from the past, Mm -hmm. you know? And then like, it's so hard in relationships because I feel like you have recurring fights that just keep popping up that Mm -hmm. never get resolved. And we have occasional recurring fights that like, we just cannot seem to break. And a lot of it is just me thinking like, well, this is what happened last year. So it's going to happen again. Obviously the key to a good relationship is communication mm-hmm. and I, I'm learning like Jen, you got to take five step back. My therapist, I keep mentioning her cause she's an angel and she gives advice where I'm like, I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> she tells me when I feel like I'm about to get angry for no reason, I should go get ice cubes from the fridge and then stick my head in a bowl of ice cubes. Sorry, what? Yeah. Is she a real doctor? Where'd yes. you find her? I found her on you psychology. Her on Venice Boulevard? <laughs> I found her on psychology today. Really? Yeah. Or Why does she say to do that? Just to, to like get out of the mood. Or if you don't, I'm like, well, what if I don't have ice cubes available? She's like, go turn on the cold water and stick your head in cold water. It's actually very good advice. I know. I never follow it. And she's like, what about the cold water, Jen? I'm like, oh, you're so right. Do you get angry easily? I overreact. Mm-hmm. I overreact. Yeah. I feel like I'm PMSing like 25 of the 30 days a month. Hey, life's hard. My question was, when you went back, going back to reoccurring fights, do you think when it's a, it's a reoccurring fight that it's a larger issue within the relationship? Or do you think it's something that you need to sit yourself down and be like, perhaps this is just something I should let go? I really think you need to take a step back and say, is this a big issue or should I let this go? And usually for us, it's a, we just both can't let this go. They're yeah. over, like our recurring issues are so lame. You really? know, like what? Give me an example. Oh, my God. Things with like his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, just sometimes being around them, I feel all these things and I don't handle myself correctly. And that always like makes a huge fight. So what you do know, you mean? You feel these things about his friends or or meaning like you 
I sometimes when I'm around them, I feel like super left out or I just feel like super weird and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I just like don't handle it very well. And that always becomes like every single time we hang out with his friends, it's a problem mm-hmm. every time. And usually it's because like I didn't like handle myself right. Like I'll just like walk out of a party and like, you know, or I'll just like stop talking to people and sit in the corner or like do like really. <laughs> I love the I love the gen drama. You know, in the moment, it just feels like that's how I should be acting. And then afterward, I'm like, oh, you just sat in the corner and didn't speak to anyone. You just tortured yourself, basically. And that's what you wanted to do was not talk to anyone. Pretty much. Which is often what I want to do is not talk to anyone. Yeah. And this is like no alcohol involved. This is just you being you. Yeah. Sometimes there's alcohol involved. No, no, it's usually just me being Oh, this is me. worse. Yeah, not necessarily. At least you're not like. I mean, like, I just like, I... You know, it's just these stupid recurring fights of, mm-hmm. like, dumb stuff like that. I don't know. I'm making myself sound, like, insane, but... No, you're not. Oh, oh my God. Like, my listeners, uh, I think a lot of them are female. I'm pretty sure they can relate yeah. to this. Like, hello if you ever sat in a corner at a party and didn't talk to anyone. Do you know what's not smart? Job boards send you a mile-high stack of resumes to sort through because you know you're going to get lazy and end up choosing the wrong candidate. But do you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash be here to hire the right person. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. They're really just incredible. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash be here. Listen, if you love the show, show your support to it and ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash be here. That's Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash be here. That's B-E-H-E-R-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash be here. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. But isn't it weird when you just realize, like, oh, I am torturing myself. Yeah. I had an issue like this with a guy I was dating recently, and I couldn't let something go. And it was one of those things where it was either, like, Rachel, you have to let it go, or your guy shouldn't be in a relationship anymore. Like, it was like, and then I finally pushed him to a point where he was kind of like, yeah, if you can't let this go, and you've already, like, fake broken up with me a bunch of times and whatever, then now, yeah, it is kind of a problem. And then right when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I've now pushed this too far. Right. And, I, and then I realized, I was like, and then I said to him, like, in the, he was kind of explaining his side. And then, I, and then I said, hey, what if I can fix it? And he was like, well, you're telling me you can't. And I was like, I think I just had, like, a coming to Jesus yes. moment where I realized this is a me problem now. Like, this is something where I, it's, it's almost like I wanted to torture myself or yeah. something. Like, yeah, I, I'm the same way as you where I'm like, once you tell me there's a problem, I will try to fix it. And here's the thing with our recurring problems is I'm fixing it 25%, 50%, 75%, but I'm not fully there. But every time but it that's happens, okay. it's progress. that's what I say. Like every time it happens, I'm like, okay, next time, like, here's my game plan. And mm-hmm. I, again, maybe this is helpful to people. I actually like write a step-by-step list of what I'm going to do in those situations. No, explain that. That's very smart. So like, again, it's like this whole friends situation and like especially in like the party setting with the friends and I always either storm out or I sit in the corner or I just make a fool of myself so I wrote on my phone like dear Jen this is what you do Mm -hmm. one go to the bathroom lock the door stand in the bathroom take a deep breath calm yourself down Mm -hmm. two set reality like what is going on how can you get through this like a whole Mm -hmm. list like that because I feel like without that list I panic I Mm -hmm. panic and then I do the wrong thing you know what is that about his friends in that situation that makes you so anxious I've I mean I've had some issues just like connecting with some of the friends and because of that in these situations I just feel like sort of like not even left out but just sort of like awkward and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and unliked and all these things and maybe half of that is the story I'm creating in my head Mm -hmm. so again it's going to the bathroom and being like is this reality or are you just like creating a story in your head and like can you just be the bigger person and look you only have an hour left you Mm -hmm. know so it's almost just like writing on your phone like here's the game plan for when you're feeling like shit Mm -hmm. and check yeah but it's like checking in like is this in my head or can I react differently than my knee-jerk reaction, which is probably right. not good? Well, this is what I've been doing in general with just trying to become 
calmer is doing what doing the opposite of what I would usually do Mm -hmm. so like I've made a conscious effort of like okay in this situation how would you normally react do the opposite Mm -hmm. and then like mentally you're sort of you reward yourself you're like whoa look at what happened when you Mm -hmm. didn't do that this is fun yeah it's a great feeling to accomplish something like that for sure and I think writing the list on your phone of like here's what you have to do is so been so helpful Mm -hmm. so helpful and then then you get to the hundred percent of like okay this is no longer an issue we're Mm -hmm. good we're cool yeah I think that can apply to any issue in life not even with relationships where it's like if you just take a second to check in and don't because I think that people spiral so quickly like something that maybe was a few seconds to a few minutes out of someone's day can ruin someone's entire day to the and and when you really step back and be like that was such a small sliver of time and it really didn't matter. And especially a lot of times with an interaction with another person, they probably don't give a fuck. Like this is you're the, the only person that really gives a fuck. Cause and most yeah. people only think about themselves. They're not even thinking about you. He keeps saying, you really think anyone there cares that much about you? And I'm like, you're it's a, so right. It's a great point. You're so freaking it's a great right. Point. But everyone cares about themselves but my and this is another thing I've learned is that like I want to be liked Mm -hmm. and I want to be cared about Mm -hmm. and when I'm in a situation where I feel like that's not the case I shut down Mm -hmm. so I have to be mentally aware of that Mm -hmm. you know and like but I also realize like not everyone's good at commu- like not everyone's good at social interactions. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people don't talk to me because they probably have no idea what to ask me. Yeah, you know, and like I don't live a normal life, so like what are they gonna say? How's your job going? Like, yeah, I challenge you with this though, because I I I'm really working on it with myself. That as long as you show up and you're good to people and you're nice to yeah. people, what they think about you really doesn't fucking matter. Right. And I had to do that because I had a, you know, 2018 and probably part of 2017, I can't really remember. It's all blended together, was a very, very bad year. And I'm not trying to sound like a victim because I don't believe in that. It was a very bad year of a lot of people talking really badly about me and me finding out things that weren't true or were gossiped about or were like for me really painful, hurtful things yeah. and stuff that was just straight up made up like someone like I did this charity show for example in Austin Texas and it wasn't it was during South by Southwest but it wasn't at South by Southwest and someone who would have even no way of knowing it told me that they heard I was booed off stage like stuff like that where it just uh, like just really me I'm like well that's not even true right like that that that's not true and that's just even a small one just so many things that I had to get to a point where I'm like as long as I'm being nice to people yeah. and good to people, and sometimes you don't know if like you say something to offend people, and sometimes you can't control that. But if you're right. really trying to be a good person, you're nice to people, and people, people, even if you're doing that, will still talk badly about you. I agree. So I've just said to myself, like, I really don't care what people think about me. I agree. I really don't care anymore. I've done nothing to these people. Well, I think, and we were talking about this, like when you lose friends in your life, which I think when you get to a certain age, that happens Mm -hmm. and you lose these friends, but you think to yourself, well, I really was the best possible friend I could be and whatever they have against me. Well, I couldn't change anything. Yeah. And if it can't be resolved by I'm sorry and I'll do better, then there's not, there's not much you can do about it. And most likely you didn't do anything that bad. But also, and this is huge, is we all create stories in our head mm-hmm. and you can't always change the story someone's created about you, mm-hmm. you know, from what they've seen, what they've heard, what people have said, what you've said, what they've said about you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you say enough negative things about a person to yourself. You don't like them anymore. Mm-hmm. So that could just be what happens too. you mm-hmm. cannot control what people feel about you. Yeah. And you yeah. spread that seed about someone enough. People are going to have, yeah. you know. That's hard. some sort of opinion. That is hard. And that's so hurtful because especially when it's not true and you are such a good person, that really burns you. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. But horrible. Th- sort of that's friendship sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. It, it, but it, but, it this, but at the end of the day, like, if you have a handful of people that you're super close to and yeah. have your back, it doesn't matter. I think, like... It really doesn't matter. If you have two, maybe one friend or two friends, I think you've made it out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't think and it's a about... a good family. Yeah. I don't think it's about numbers, mm-hmm. you know? Like... I used to think like you have to collect friends, have so many. And I recently just counted like how many good friends I have. And it's very small, but I'm happy about that. Yeah. You know, I can't talk to that many people a day. No. Or a week or a month. I don't know. No. 
No, it's, it's nice to have the friends that you don't even need to check in with all that often. And they're still, yes, they're closest. Friends. Well, I think people who live our lifestyles where we're all over the place and we do focus on ourselves a lot. Yeah. You need those kind of friends who don't judge you for that. Yeah, totally. Who don't say like, Rachel, like you're traveling all over the country and like, you're never here. It's mm-hmm. like, good for you, Rachel. Like call me when you're back. Yeah. You totally. know, that's totally. what you need. So we're going to wrap it up soon, but at this point in your life, I, I consider you really wise and actually pretty emotionally healthy because you. you kind of are, you know, self-deprecating about like, oh, everything's my fault and I do all these things wrong. But I think the fact that you even recognize it is a way bigger step than most people are at. Most people victimize themselves and blame other people. Yeah. So you're at what I consider a very healthy place in your life. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, thanks. I want to start paying you $60 an hour to be my therapist. I could use it. My rent's expensive. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give my listeners for, you know, just who are you? You're 30, right? Yes. Who are at that age in their life where um, relationships are getting complicated with boyfriends, friendships are complicated, work is... Com- I know this is like a very big ask, but what is your best piece of advice that you could give or a few pieces of advice? I think it's to spend a lot of quality time with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think what happens, especially when you get to 30, you feel so much pressure to have everything right. And it's okay to have everything wrong. But I do think what you need to do is spend that quality time with yourself to figure out what you want, what you need. Because without that, you have so much noise. Your parents are begging you to live a certain life. Your friends are already living that life and you're not. Then you have dating. Then you have all this stuff. Like I really do think everyone should spend X amount of hours alone a week Mm -hmm. and just Mm-hmm. You know, and I think being alone is super scary for people. But I think if you're somebody who has a lot of emotions, you get depressed, all these things like let yourself be OK with falling into those emotions and mm-hmm. feeling them and being honest about them. Like if you are not a person who's happy all the time, be honest about that. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to do that. That more. has to be t- torture yeah. to to feel that way and then feel like you can't be honest about it. That seems like hell. And this is something that I feel like both of us struggle with is like when you do live a life where you are public and people are talking about you and looking at you online, like what's the boundary? Because I've tried to be more honest about things I'm going through, but I also don't want to isolate people who used to love me because I was just so much like life's great, like follow your dreams. And I'm like, you know, so it's like definitely a balance of how honest you are. But I do think we need to talk more about mental health. I do think we need to talk about more about not living a perfect life. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be more honest because totally. this world has become no so one's perfect. No. And I think it, I think that it, it I think when people live their highlight real Instagram type of life where that's all they post, that's all they talk about. I think people that look at that, it can send, I think it can send people into a depression to see like, well, is that what it's supposed to be? That everyone's just always happy. No one's always happy besides your boyfriend, I guess. And you're yours (laughs) too. Seriously. But, but they're truly not. There's no way. I know. And like, but I honestly do think when you're in a really low place in your life and all you do is look at people who are happy, you forget that because there's Mm -hmm. times when I'm really low and I'll be on Instagram and be like, everybody is really much happier than I am. Even though I know it's not not true. true, You don't have reality mm-hmm. so I do think it's, it's also not like you want I, I never want people to be unhappy at all no. like I don't have like that sort of no. competitive bone in my body no. at all but sometimes you have to remind yourself like this is their highlight reel this is everyone's yeah. you know and also they're posting pictures that are from two years ago like they're probably yeah. not in like you know Mexico right now like that could be an old picture mm-hmm. but you believe it so I just I just think like be Social honest. media is a very unhealthy place sometimes. Beyond. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, that's good advice. Be honest. Be, Be honest, honest with how with how you feel. And if you don't yeah. know, talk to somebody who can help you. It took me a while to reach out for help to go to therapy. I was too proud to all of this, but it's been a game changer just mm-hmm. to have someone to talk to. And I'm open about that because I hope more people go if they want to go and not feel mm-hmm. judged for it. Absolutely. Do you think when you said like, okay, if you're down or whatever, be honest about it and then feel those emotions. Do you think it is constructive to put a time limit on how long you feel that way? I heard this on a podcast. I don't know whose, and it said, give yourself X amount of time a day to feel those feelings. Uh So I think she said like, give yourself 15 minutes a day to be sad and then keep going. Not get over it. No, but not get over it. And I hate when people say get over it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like feel and then mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. And like sometimes I'll tell myself because I have a lot of shit going on. I'll be like, OK, Jen, like from 10 to 10, 15, feel, mm-hmm. be sad, cry. But at 10, 15, figure out a way to stand up, mm-hmm. wipe your tears and go. Because something because you have to 
the when you just try to do anything, you never know how much that can just absolutely change your life. Like, sure. like, like I've, I've said this before on my podcast in a world of infinite possibilities, there's no reason why today should be the same as tomorrow or this moment can be the same. Like you can change something and, and really in the blink of an eye, just like something yes. bad can change your life in the blink of an eye. Something good can also change it in the blink of an eye. And I mean, that happens all the time. You turn, you turn left and you meet someone who's going to absolutely change your life mm-hmm. or you turn right and you see a sign from the universe that just makes you feel hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I think the only, th- my word of the year is go because I just think you just have to keep going, keep mm-hmm. moving. Even if that means you not feeling great, you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's just eventually you'll pull out of it. That and eventually you will find yourself in a new place than what you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. Yeah, that's the, that's the truth. That's great advice. So what's next for you? Wow. So I'm trying to write a fiction book. It's uh, it's definitely going places. Uh, I'm trying to write a fiction book. Got my podcast. You're not getting any younger. Still a bridesmaid for hires. So still working about 20 something weddings in the next couple months. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yep. The emails are coming in. So I don't know the last time I was at a wedding. Come with I me. either I will. Yes. I don't have anything better to do. I can write jokes about yeah. it. Oh, man. <laughs> you would have a field day. I either have friends that don't get married or I don't have friends because I feel like I'm never invited to weddings. I mean, I have Britney's wedding coming up, I guess. that's. We should go crash weddings. Yeah. We really should. I mean, listen, it was a movie for a reason. I, and it's a lot of fun. No you're basically noticed. crashing weddings anyways. Know, but you I get just, paid. You're an expert. I yeah. know. I know. I'll go for fun. the free food. Free I'll go food, anywhere for free food. Free drinks. Free cake. Yeah. I mean. I don't care so much about the cake, but a good tray past appetizer. I'm so down. Got to find you the right wedding to go to. Yeah, fancy ones. I love it. A nice Persian wedding. You know, they're they're definitely interesting celebrations, and I'm I'm never gonna retire. I will do this job till I'm 75 years old. It's so cool. I will. All right. Well, tell them where they can find you on social media. Yes, you can find me at at Jen Glantz, G L A N T as in Tom, Z as in zebra. Awesome. And you guys know where to find me: Twitter and Instagram at Rachel N O'Brien. It reads like Rachel No Brian, and Rachel spelled R A C H A E L. Thank you so much for doing this. I had a blast. Love you.